Hi, this is Ozzy Churok. I am the host of OzBuzz. And it gives me great pleasure today to have Robert McLeod, the president of McLeod Realty and McLeod Marketing from Edmonton. Hi, Robert. Good morning, Ozzy. So it's great to chat with you. I know that you have a vast experience uh, in, in the real estate uh, field. Um, and um, tell me, when did you start out? How did you start? Started when I was 17. I um, didn't know that I wanted to get into real estate. I think I wanted to get out of my parents' house more than anything. <laughs> and I, uh, I met a realtor and thought, well, let's, let's, let's go look outside of St. Albert where I grew up. And it was looking in Edmonton at that time. And thought I would try and uh, get into the condominium market. So at 17, I found uh, uh, my first pre-sale and uh, bought that and moved in when I was 19 and had no aspirations or interest to be in the real estate field. I was actually working for my parents' business at that time and we were in the, in the uh, timber products business. And, um, and I enjoyed what I did. We got to do a lot of innovative and different things. I really didn't know what my career path was going to be. And um, through some life changes, um, I decided that it was important for me to carve out my own future. And I never wanted to be viewed as, as the son of the business owner. I wanted my own opportunities. And so to my, uh, to my parents' um, disapproval, although they never said it, I could tell they were disappointed at that time. <laughs> when I was uh, 23, I uh, decided to, to look to get into the real estate business, never knowing what it was going to turn into. I never, I actually thought I was going to do the course and probably not enjoy it. And, uh, and I did the course and then I kind of had a coming of God meeting one day sitting in my office saying, well, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to try. And uh, so I joined a small little, little brokerage. And um, I think I chose a small brokerage at that time because I was originally not feeling as though I wanted to, to be totally vested into it. And in the end, it was one of the best decisions I ever made, not just business-wise, but where I started, the people I started with. And well, that's, that's the most important part, isn't it? Well, first of all, you're very unusual. Quite a few of our interviewees uh, start as in the real estate business before they buy. You went out and bought, and of all things, bought a pre-sale, which is now very popular, but I think at your ripe old age at, uh, at 17 or 18, that was just sort of the beginning of it. But you're right, it's picking the right kind of an organization, the right kind of people that can launch you on your past, almost in any business. Well, it's always that, and and you know, and they always say in the real estate business, you know, you're only as it's 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 up to you, and it doesn't really matter where you work. But in as my story evolved, it was it was the right place at the right time, and uh, and and I, I I remember the day that I pulled the plug and I made the decision to go into it full bore, and uh, it was. It was, it was nerve wracking. And then I remember the next day sitting at my desk, looking around my office going, well, now what? They didn't train us for actually going out and getting business. <laughs> you had a business card. <laughs> I don't even think I had a business card at that time, but I had, a, I had everything a realtor thinks they've, they've got and they need, right? You got access to the system and you got a phone sitting on your desk. Um, and 
and I, I've enjoyed every minute of it. I've been incredibly lucky to do what I do. Well, I heard you on the stage and you sound very much so that you enjoy it because you also have a special bent towards a real estate investor because they're almost like a different animal. We all dream about it and then few do it. And when you do do it, you, you bite your fingernails because it is, you know, going to buy that first investment property is always challenging. Well, I, I, I got to be careful how I say this because I, I don't want to, I don't want to pe people to think what I did was reckless, but I, I actually, I never attended a single real estate investing course event, quite frankly, <laughs> really even read a book until I think I owned 18 or 19 properties. And so I've, I really approach this business quite, quite differently. People think, well, there was this grand plan and you had this all worked out and you knew what you were doing. I just, people just said, this is a good thing, do this. And I just kind of followed. You learned, you learned by doing, right? So you actually yeah. went and did it. Well, I mean, that's interesting. So you, go, you bought your first unit and no matter who you are, even you, you must have had some apprehension about that first, uh, first unit. I remember as a realtor, I had a, first time buyer kit and I give it to everybody when they bought their first property and then I said look on the way home you're going to start getting cold sweats and you're going to wake up in the middle of your night then you open this box and in there there were you know motivational book and some aspirin right <laughs> the first property is always the hardest <clears throat> I um, I've had many sleepless nights but I've never talked myself out of it Right. Um, I've always, I've said to, to, to buyers and sellers in, in the real estate business, because I, I, I view a realtor, which is what I do now, but I, I view a realtor as our job is to open the door. Our job is to give you market information and our job is to help negotiate, steer you away from pitfalls, give you good, timely advice, not really to sell. That's and right. It is good. They have to make up their own mind. Well, it's like anything in life. You know what? If, if, if your gut is telling you don't do it, listen to your gut. If you walk into something, whether it's investment or this or a car, I don't care what it is, you always know whether it's right or whether it's not. I always consider that I had, I've had very good instincts. I don't view it as much as instincts. It's just I've learned to trust my gut. And well, that is so important because we sometimes be uncertain, but there is something maybe in the universe that if, if you have some qualms, you know, listen to it. Well, look, you start with one unit and then uh, so many people have bought a second property. Well, how do you go smartly from one unit to say four? Well, it's, it, it's different now than it was when I, when I started. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to pontificate my story as being the, the only way to do it. I, I look at, at, the time that I was buying and the way that we bought uh, as a, as a bit of an anomaly. So when, when I was, when I was getting into the market, I was working for a real estate developer and, uh, and a real estate uh, marketer. And, and I actually teamed up with, with that group almost right out the get go. And so I was in the office and, and I, was, I was achieving a fair good deal of success fairly quickly. And there was an individual in the office that was doing condo conversion. 
And I viewed this as a great opportunity to, to team up with someone that was already actively doing it. I, I, I recognized I, I couldn't do it on my own. I didn't, I didn't understand it. So in that case, um, I started selling and marketing to investors, condo conversions, high quality buildings and Edmonton. It's part of the deal that I carved out for myself. And this is where in line is, is an opportunity for, for your investors is I found a way to participate in the deals. And so I would trade a certain amount of services or time or, 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 or opportunity or fees or whatever I did to be able to actually buy units. And now remember, this was a time in the market in the mid 2000s where getting the financing wasn't the challenge. That was probably the easiest part. And now as we've recognized in the last couple of years, that's been that's been a significant challenge and continues to be so not only for investors but first time buyers and trade up buyers is is the opportunity for easy financing is gone so still easier yeah. than it was when you started out you know remember in, in a long time ago the maximum mortgages we could get was 75% there was much higher interest rates qualifying was hard you know it always seems to be harder but you're right for a while there three, four years ago, it was really easy. Now we're going back to a lot more, um, a lot more stress in order to do the deal. Well, we're going back to a, a more, uh, I don't want to call it balanced or, or, or normal relative to, to the history of say, call it the last 30 or 40 years. But for those like me that started buying in the early 2000s, um, it's, it's caused us to significantly reevaluate how do we want to continue to be players in this business. But still, you think that it's certainly possible to go and get from one to four units in today's market as well? Well, you need to have money first. You need to have equity. And whether it's your own or whether it's someone else's or whether you're doing it on your own or you're doing it at a joint venture, that has to come from somewhere. The model now has changed more to what I've seen from the clients we work with is is joint ventures are far more common. You got an individual. Yeah, somebody has the money, somebody else has the time, exactly. and then they, they share the profit. Yeah. Exactly. But going from going from one to four sounds like a giant leap. For most people, however, going to zero to one is the biggest leap. Going from one to two is an even bigger leap. We're not trained to think about owning. We're not trained and we not we don't grow up in an environment where we're going to own real estate. I, I, I tell people the story where I remember um, a fellow in the military when I was younger and I met him and he owned two properties. And it was unfathomable for me. I didn't even think about in owning it and investing. I just thought he owned them and he had a, a house somewhere else. And and I, I, I envisioned the burden and I always thought, well, you, only, you, you have one set of keys. You know, it's, you've got your car key on it, you've got your house key on it. What are you doing with this? this other key, you don't live in this other property. And it was so foreign to me. And I think that's the problem with most people is, is getting to that first one is, is a massive challenge, but it becomes, it becomes a game and it becomes very addictive and you've got to watch it because people think that, that owning investment real estate is only about owning number of properties. And I used to think that I was, when I, when I started joining the investment clubs that were out there uh, and, and had been buying and, and was getting from that, you know, that 20 to that 30 and the 30 to the 50. Uh, 
I recognized at that time that there was a shift in why I was buying and there was a shift in the way I was doing it in that if there was an award in the room for 50 properties, I, I went and I wanted that award. I think I wanted the award more than I actually wanted the real estate. If there was an award for 100 properties, I wanted that award and I got that award. If there was an award for 1,000 properties, and I kind of thank my blessings there wasn't, I would have gone, I would have gone for that award. And so, so I, I, I kind of fell into that, that, that trap of getting away from why I was buying and what I wanted it to do. Very important. It's not just what you're buying. It's why you're buying it. What's your motivation? What's your purpose? What's your goal? And then you have to own them and manage them and understand you have people living there and so on, right? Oh, it's a huge, it's, it's a huge responsibility. And, and, and <clears throat> I, I sit here at 10.22 in the morning and I'm laughing because I actually, I rolled out of bed 68 minutes ago. <laughs> and I rolled into bed this morning at 4.30 in the morning because I got a call from one of our buildings that someone had broken in and smashed up some mailboxes. And, and that's the, the life that you lead when you want to take this seriously is it's, it's, it becomes very hands-on. And yes, there's lots of competent people you can hire and do all of it. But um, I, I've always maintained the philosophy for me that I, I want to own, I want to control, and I now need to start to learn to, to give some of that up. But when you've worked so hard to build it, it's, um, it's very personal. Now, the other thing is, too, that when you work with an investor, they feel a lot more comfortable knowing that once they buy it, that your company manages it, right? And well, so and that's... Because that's half the joy. I tell people, you know, buying it is easy. You know, owning it uh, is where all, the, where all the, the money is, you know, because you can lose it just as fast. <laughs> uh, well, the wrong kind of property management. Yeah, and I, I never wanted to, I never thought property management was going to be, was going to be the direction of our business. I, I started as a realtor and, and over the last 15 years of growing up the, have grown the, the, the project marketing side, which we've, we've done over a billion dollars of, of new development in Edmonton. However, um, being an investor at heart, uh, I speak the language of investors. I attract investors because it's what I do. And, and I got tired. I got tired over the years of putting my reputation on the line saying, no problem. It's a great project. Buy it. I'm doing one myself and here's what we're going to do. Blah, blah, blah. Recognizing the investors. They don't, they're not full-time investors like I am. People have lives, they have jobs and most of them don't live in Edmonton. And so we acquired a small property management firm, in uh, in 2018 just this past year and i recognized that i'm i was no longer willing to to refer a business uh to third parties that weren't deeply invested in the project or the client as we are and so it was a nat natural value add and given the market that we're in in alberta where things are down there's a huge opportunity for us um I mean, we've just grown leaps and bounds we went from from 100 units under management to 550 just in the last 45 days. So well, and that's, that shows what the, what the need is. Now, sometimes when you're working with an investor, you know, they have all this vision, I'm going to quit my job, I'm going to be an investor. Is that still possible? I get really scared when I hear that because I, I, like, to, I like to advise the investor to keep doing what you're doing. 
you got to a position in your life where you've either got the money, you've got the means, you've got the time, you've got something that's working for you. And there's this thought that I want to replace all of my net take-home earnings through real estate. And I think investors need to have a, a bit of a clarion call of reality and actually work out, say you make $100,000 right now, how much real estate, how much positive cash flowing real estate do you need to own to create $100,000 a year of passive income? It'll take some time. It, it does take time. And I don't mean that to, I don't want people to get disillusioned or discouraged. It comes, it comes over time. You can't expect it all at once. And, um, and quite frankly, you don't know what you're doing getting into it. And so upsetting your financial, emotional, and lifestyle apple cart to just screw all of that, I'm going to go 100 miles an hour in this direction, I think is, is very dangerous. And I encourage everybody to not do that. Yeah, buy one property, understand a little bit about the property management, see how you feel about it. Now that makes sense. Listen, um, 10 years ago versus today, is it, is it the same kind of a world or do we have to do things differently? Well, 10 years ago to today, I don't know if you all partook in that Facebook challenge, but I looked at everyone else's picture from 10 years ago. <laughs> I think it's been a hard year on us. <laughs> <laughs> but we're still good looking, right? I mean, come on, I'm almost the same. <laughs> I think you're the only one that hasn't changed. <laughs> I, it's an incredibly, it's a, it's a different world in, in every sense. But it's a different world in how we're looking at it, but it's not a different world in how people are programmed. People still want to make money. People still want to bet on the market. Investors still want to create value. Uh, there's still money out there. Renters still want to rent. So the fundamentals of why we do our business hasn't changed. Um, different rules come into play. Market conditions change. A lot of it is it's 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 getting over the fear factor first, and and then pulling the trigger, and then having a team around you when it comes to you know, who's my realtor and who's my who's my lender, who's my property manager, and you know that's that that's still still fundamentally um, part of the most important part of this business, and it's everything is relationship. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what industry you're in. Your success is going to be garnered based on your ability to nurture, <clears throat> track, source, and trust the relationships that you. Yeah, those those things just don't change, you know. Now, for for a lot of the investors, particularly say in, in British Columbia or in the city of Toronto, we've had some kind of years that 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 everybody sort of thinks, "Wow, you know, I buy this for six hundred thousand, it goes to a million. Uh, but it's not that's not really the the true blue investor because everybody is speculating that it's going to go make the money on the capital gain. What I like about Edmonton is that the price point that you go into for a single family home, say around four hundred thousand, is like thirty percent of the Vancouver value or the condo that you can still buy in Edmonton in the city in the two fifty to three hundred fifty range. And in Vancouver, you're a million plus for a nine hundred square foot unit. The investor has actually more opportunity to generate that cash flow and have the tenant pay the mortgage. Oh, I, I to, to, to look, for me to look at the Vancouver or Toronto market, try to make sense of it relative to the Edmonton market, I, I lose my mind. Um, 
Edmonton is, Edmonton's always been the discount bill. Um, but when you look at your revenue per square foot relative right. to Vancouver and Toronto, you recognize that while real estate might not be as expensive, rent is, and it's continuing to grow. And, and therein lies a unique opportunity. And that's, it's, yes, it's a different market than Vancouver, but the, the investor that buys at Edmonton and wears a different hat and that's, we, we don't look at the appreciation model in, in Edmonton. And if we do, for example, of course, I take it into consideration of mine, but I look at it as in a term of decades. I don't look at it as what's it worth next year. I actually don't care what it's worth next year. I look at it and I say, what's my rent going to be next year? Yeah. And what's the property like? I mean, a, a very nice home in Edmonton that will last another 20 years. And then you look at Vancouver, that million seven wartime bungalow and, you know, on a 25 foot lot, that's just literally decrepit and falling apart. So it's, it's a different kind of market. And I think, I think investors can build a, a portfolio relatively easier. Well, it's, um, it's more than, you know, once, once you get the price point aside, I was, I've got some stats just in front of me right here this morning. I was looking at and every day. I always look at how many homes sold the day before in Edmonton, the condos and everything and what price point. And, and I try to make sense of, of what the direction the market's going. And there hasn't been a single property in Edmonton sell for over a million dollars this year. The bulk of the properties are selling at a price point that would be unfathomable for most of your listeners, and that's $299,000 to $375,000. And that actually gets you a half-decent property yeah. in Edmonton. Yeah. And so we've had um, – I was having a, a conversation with one of our investors uh, uh, yesterday – He's, he's from Vancouver, and I was telling him the story about another gentleman of ours that came out last week and met us, and came from Vancouver, business owner. He has half a million dollars in cash, not interested in debt, recognizing that half a million in Vancouver, not necessarily where I want to put my money right now. And I think that sentiment is out there. I'm not saying there's this exodus of investor capital, but people are now recognizing, well, you know, if there's no immediate value add, let me look somewhere else. And he's written on eight or nine properties with our team. And his philosophy is, I'm coming into Edmonton, I'm buying cash, and uh, if I can buy townhouses in around the $100,000 range, $150 a month condo fees, I, rents of $1,250, I'm going to cash flow you know, $825 a month per unit. What's interesting is, at first when I said, okay, that's what you want to buy, great. <clears throat> so we list out all of the properties and days on market. Right, because you know everyone recognizes Alberta's been slower, so the sharks are circling. 150 days, 200 days, 97 days, 162 days. Where I'm going with this, the average days on market for these these units he was looking at were four and a half months. So, so I guess the vendors are more motivated. Well, what's interesting is when we started writing offers on this, thinking, oh, well, you know, that many days on market. Let's go in 10% under list. I'm sorry, Mr. McLeod, that unit is pending. Oh, interesting. The next call. We just received an offer on that. So there's been a, a flood of investor activity in the low end in our market that's just been cleaning that product up because people are recognizing you know, for, for that price point, even if I'm betting just on the cash flow alone, I don't really care what it is. 
Yeah. I can't replace yeah. that income anywhere else. Yeah, and even more than if you are, uh, from an investment point of view, using the secret of leverage and put 25% down, you can create quite a portfolio with $500,000, whereas in Vancouver it buys you one front door somewhere, unlikely it's going to be out of town, right? So it's a, it's a totally different world. But the big thing is what I like about uh, the world in Edmonton is that why are, are we... Um, now seeing what we're seeing because a lot of capital investment is going into Edmonton. I, I drove along in the ice district and skyscraper after skyscraper, some seven billion goes in and hey, you know, money goes where people go and people go where the jobs flow and I can just see the jobs of all the people that are going to live in those buildings going to help drive up the residential real estate market. Well, you, you have to look at net job creation, and, and that is, um, our stats are, of course, from, from right at the end of 2018, but employment levels after 11% this year were, they were up 2%. Alberta received, um, or Edmonton received a net gain of 26,000, 26,500 from a year ago. So, you know, the, the, the jobs, the infrastructure is created and built, <clears throat> there's a spike in jobs, people move in, and, but they never all move out. This, this thought that Alberta is, you move in and then everyone leaves is, is just not true. People come, they plant roots. And yeah, they actually have a net outflow from BC at the end of the third quarter, from BC going to Alberta and Saskatchewan, and people go there for the jobs and house prices. And, and so, so there's certainly something, uh, we have a lot of international immigration into BC, but the interprovincial has changed. Not everybody is leaving Alberta. And I think from a lifestyle, I look at Edmonton and Calgary as great cultural environments to bring up your family. And hey, I can buy, if I can buy a $400,000 home in some of the great districts, it's, it's got to be a great future for me and my family. In the long run, isn't that what we all want, right? We want to have a place that we own. So you like Edmonton? You think the future is bright? I'm I'm an I'm an Edmonton fan and and I've I've lived in different places in the world and I've had a lot of other opportunities to to travel and explore other places and you know what it's the the market has always brought me back to to Alberta um, you can you know we've got a, a young diverse population we've got a mass billions of dollars of major infrastructure projects underway and you can you can afford whatever you want. You can have disposable income at the end of the day to travel and buy and do the things that you do. And so once you get past this, kind of the, the, the joke of what people think the city is or, or, you know, the climate or what are you going to do or how are the winters, you know what, it's, it's all your mindset. And I've managed to carve out a lifestyle here in, in Edmonton that affords me the opportunity to go and do all the things that I want to do um, but not be um, not be limited based on the type of industry that I want to work in because that's whatever industry you want to be in in Alberta there's a job for you and the opportunity regardless of good market or bad market is, is here and uh, on the property management side my litmus test I always look at first I get four or five you know, uh, credit applications a day they come back through my desk and I have to make a judgment call based on the credit report and the application. And in the last two months, 65% and it went from almost zero to 65% of the applications that we are getting now for tenants uh, have an area code outside of Alberta. 
And, and honestly, I haven't, I haven't seen that since 2014. So that people are coming in. So you're a project marketer. What is what kind of projects you got on the go for somebody to invest or move into? So we've got uh, existing and pre-sale, and uh, our existing inventory. We have um, uh, high-quality, low-rise buildings in Northwest Edmonton and Southwest Edmonton, and in in both of those. Uh, projects we've we've moved a significant amount of our effort and energy into our investor program with optional uh, pooled rental management and that's proven to be incredibly successful for us because that's what people want they want brand new <clears throat> they want hands-off they want to mitigate their risk and so that model has been has been uh, uh, almost 70 percent of the business we've done in the last 14 months so let's say I want to buy an investment condo. What square footage will have to will, will I get for how much money uh, full price? So uh, for about two hundred and thirty thousand dollars, you're going to get nine hundred and thirty square feet. So just under two hundred and fifty dollars a square foot gets you brand new low rise, um, and that'll be generating about fifteen hundred and fifty. Per month. So when you factor in all your costs on that, cash flow is going to be in and around the $100 range. No. <clears throat> you and I know this well enough, but I think it's always important because we always talk cash flow. Cash flow is just a very small part of the basket of the financial opportunity that comes from, from owning. The flip side to it is going to be the wild card in Alberta going into the next two elections and change in government and what's going to happen to pipeline and so there's this there's this no man's land of unpredictability when it comes to what's going to be the future value We're well i mean but i think it's probably a good bet to make that canada's backbone is the oil industry and things will happen there but even just let's say buy that two hundred thirty thousand dollar condo when you have that hundred dollar cash flow that means you paid the taxes you paid the starter fee and you paid what the 75 percent mortgage payment and then you have the mortgage reduction every month, and then you have maybe a tenant paying that. Those kind of deals are just not available in Vancouver. No, and remember, you, that also pays property management, <clears throat> that also pays insurance, and you add it all on. You know, <clears throat> cash flow is the name of the game. If you're not, it's, you gotta make a pretty big mistake and a bad bet in Alberta to buy something that doesn't cash flow. So well, that's, and that's the key and you're buying new, you know, that, that makes clearly, what about, and do you have any pre-sales available? We do. So uh, we launched a tower uh, downtown. So downtown Edmonton, for anyone that hasn't been to Edmonton in recent years, um, just Google some images of it and see what's going on. I had to run out of town yesterday and I was driving back in from the west end of the um, from the um, uh, west of Edmonton, about 100 kilometers out, <clears throat> 35 kilometers outside of the city, I was able to see our skyline. Up until a year and a half ago, it would have been 10 kilometers outside the city you would have seen it. So the completion of Ice District downtown has been a significant, uh, a significant game changer for um, not just residential downtown, but commercial real estate. <clears throat> commercial real estate market in Alberta, even despite the downturn, has been, uh, we, we've had record years um, into the amount of institutional money that's come into Edmonton because they've, they've recognized and they've bid on Edmonton as, as the future for, for a, a, a safe and a, a good value add play in Canada as the place to be. But <clears throat> we launched 
we've completed a tower in Ice District called Ultima a year and a half ago. Incredibly successful. The, the second tower we, we launched in October was called The View at Grandin City. And so that's right downtown across the um, street from the LRT, uh, two, three blocks from the Alberta Legislature building. So we launched that in October. And therein lies an opportunity to get into the market in and around the $500 a square foot range, concrete construction, all glass curtain wall. And <clears throat> we've had three or four trips of investors that have come out from Vancouver that have, uh, have picked up units in the building. We're gonna be rolling. Um, one of our investors uh, bought a flank of units in that building, which will all be uh, furnished executive rentals. So, um, well, when you look at Vancouver, uh, you know that, uh, of course, 500 a foot, <laughs> that just doesn't exist. I think our average now is around 11 to 1200. And I just was at a building that was launched in Oak Ridge where the average square foot starts at 2500 a foot. So it's a totally different world. Look, Robert, I've only enjoyed our, our chats. Uh, I've seen you on stage. I've seen you for many years being a quality guy that, that people uh, can trust and, and buy something from and have their property managed. I think, uh, you have any final advice to our listeners? Uh, I was thinking of this this morning, and, and the advice I'd give anyone right now in the, the world that we're in is, is spend more time reading, but spend even more time actually thinking about what you're reading. We, we live in a world now where we're just bombarded with information, and, and I see people trying to absorb it, but I don't see people trying to understand it. So whether it's real estate or whether it's news or whatever it's, it, it, it is that you're being bombarded with, I just advise and urge everybody to just take a big step back, think about what you're reading, what you're absorbing, and, uh, and, and don't read into the narratives. Um, we've got a lot of opportunity in this country despite um, the polarization of where people think things are going. And sometimes the best time to get into the market is when there's fear and when there's uncertainty, but at the same time, don't read into it. Real estate at the end of the day is, has, been, has created more opportunity and the, the best thing I ever did was not knowing what I was doing and making the decision to get into real estate and it's created so much opportunity, not only the financial side, but um, to have opportunities to, to have these sorts of discussions and, and let everyone recognize that it doesn't matter what your education is, it doesn't matter what your background is. Um, anyone, if I was able to do it, I can urge you and I can promise you anyone can do it. Well, I think you're so right. I think real estate allows you to have a better lifestyle. I love your, your advice on reading different things. You know, people have lived before us and have lived interesting lives. And we, we may actually have the ability to learn something. That's why in my Ozbuzz every week I write about a book that I, that interested me that week. And I'm always surprised sometimes as to how simple life can be if we just become a little bit more multidimensional. Well, there's no question about it. Robert McLeod is multidimensional. Thank you so much for taking the time and um, uh, hope to see you again. Take care. Thanks, Ozzy.